Welcome to the Luxury Agent Network web show and podcast presented by LuxVT. LuxVT provides world-class marketing for elite agents and brokers. This web show and podcast is dedicated to bringing you the latest tactics, trends, and insights to help you win more listings. And now, let's welcome your host, Jeremy Collins. Hey, amazing real estate agents. I am so excited about this podcast, guys. This is going to be an episode that's going to be most fun and educational. So when you get two in the right, it's fantastic. Uh, so I'm so stoked to uh, bring on, and we're going to dive right into it, bring him on, Alex Brando. He is frequent international, national, and regional speaker of luxury real estate, founder and director of Keller Williams National Luxury Committee, 2019 Keller Williams Luxury International Retreat Panelist, top luxury agent in the Southeast region, plus millionaire real estate agent, award winner in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 19, 20. I could probably go on, but it's easier just to bring him on. Alex, <laughs> welcome to the show, my friend. What's up, man? Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to share and, uh, you know, uh, meet some new folks and share some good wisdom with uh, the real estate industry. Man, I love it when uh, agents are willing to just share their knowledge. I think okay. that's one of the things that, man, just grows our network. So, Alex, let's just kind of dive in. You know, I'm a big guy on storytelling. You know, I'm a huge storyteller. I believe that the story tells so much more. Sure. So, Alex, how in the heck have you got from where you were to where you are now? Give us a little journey story here, buddy. Yes. Yeah, so I'm 21 years in the business, thousand closed transactions um, from Nashville, grew up in Nashville, which is a unique thing. I actually uh, used to call myself a unicorn in Nashville until a client myself as a third person unicorn, which is not the case. <laughs> um, he was like, hey, unicorn. And I was like, no, no, no. I meant that I was like unique. And uh, But anyway, uh, just a fun uh, story there. But um, I get started in the business. I'm a fourth generation real estate investor, but I'm the first generation to make my living full time listing and selling um, real estate. Um, come from a really interesting and long tenured family, all in the same area over 100 years uh, in an original farm that the family owned. That's actually, you know, actually right in the middle um, of Nashville now. And um, yeah, just uh, long tenured in the area and uh, have a very uh, relationship based business. Um, very relationship based. I do uh, quite a bit of privately referred repeat and referral clients. Um, and, you know, started out everything that I do is extremely tactical, extremely strategic. Um, and it, it can be leveraged, but uh, we really keep ourselves in the game uh, and in relationship with uh, with our you know, with our clients and uh, with the folks that uh, know other people that need uh, some really great on the ground relationship people, you know, we feel like it's our job to really help people make Nashville home. And that's been a powerful thing for us, being really connected to that and um, being the hyper local expert, you know, I mean, we get into it and say, we're, you're going to need to know where you're dry cleaner is and where your favorite comfort food place is and where the playgrounds are and things like that. You know, the house is obviously important too, but you know, you really get into that in the real estate world. So, um, man, I tell you what you, so you, some backstory a little bit. You seems like you, have, I mean, your family's been in the business, yeah. right? Yeah. And you came back up into it. And now you're doing the little things differently as my guess is from what your family was doing. Is that correct? 
Yeah, so everybody else uh, in the previous three generations had other jobs in other industries, and then we're also very real estate friendly. So uh, since you like stories, I'll, I don't know if I've told this one before, but uh, I actually rented my first house when I was 12 years old. Um, I uh, was out. My mom was running a, a you know management company and she, you know, the phone rang and she came out. I was shooting hoops in the backyard and she was like, hey, can you jump on your bike, take this application and, you know, take this key up to the house up the street. So I'd been following her and right at her hip and my grandfather's hip, my father's hip for many years. So I knew how to do it. I knew I'd been in that house hundreds of times. Right. Um, so I jumped in, you know, jumped on my bike, took the thing, took a couple of pens and went up there and opened the back door and opened the front door, said, hello, nice to meet you. I knew how to shake, shake their hand and greet them and whatnot. And uh, we get to the kitchen and they're like, OK, well, what do we do now? And I said, well, you know, here, you know, click the pen and said, here you go. Here's the application. Fill it out. And um, I said, OK, great. We'll be in touch. And I went out the back door and jumped on the bike and went home and came back. And my mom was like, what did you do? And I was like, well, I did what you've been doing for 12 years. I've been watching you. What are you talking about? Uh, fortunately, the folks were just a little bit older than me and, and uh, had followed me uh, in the car, knew where I went, came home. And then mom uh, went to the home office and rented that house right there. So, and that's uh, where it all started, my friend. That's it, right? I mean, who knew uh, that I was just out there, you know, uh, playing a little pickup and she's like, hey, I need your help because she was cooking dinner wow. and dealing with my sister and whatnot. But so I'm the first generation to be full-time in the business. Uh, I'm still also a real estate investor um, and have been and, and the family continues to be, but that's, uh, I'm the first to go in it full-time. And again, I wanted to be in business with people. I'm a people person. Um, I'm a relationship guy. I'm a service guy. I'm big on service and have read lots of books about that. Um, and so it's been really fun to be able to custom curate some of our own unique things. And I've got some stories we can tell about, you know, really making people comfortable when they were really stressed out or really worried about things with gifting and strategy and making it, you know, just feel more comfortable. Man, um, I tell you what, you just, you've been sharing, sorry about relationships. You said it two or three times, which yeah. that just, to me, it means that's kind of a big focus for you. And so, you know, there's tons of agents that listen to this podcast. And the big deal is I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how do you go from where, you know, that, that near luxury or, you know, maybe even lower than luxury, you know, how do you go to that next level? Like you are a luxury expert, man. You, you, yeah. you've done it for years. Yeah. What are some of the things that you're doing? And, and obviously you mentioned relationships. So I want you to dive in on that a little bit. You know, why, how did you get where you were, man? How, how, what has happened? What changes? For me, like I said, I was a database and relationship guy. So it just grew over time. I was very intentional and strategic about growing uh, my luxury business, right? I was very strategic. I can tell you my absolute very first luxury lead came from a very um, traditional resale property. And I was on the way to the listing. And uh, here we go with stories. So I'm a story guy, so I'll just jump in. Um, I was on the way and I had, remember those things that are about this big, they had a circle in the middle you put them kind of slid into your disc cds yeah cds <laughs> um i had a cd that had a script on it and it said you know when you go get a listing one of the great tactics you should do is we used to take you know we used to take paper copies we didn't have the e-signatures as we do now and we took the paper copies and were prepared and as soon as they signed the listing agreement turn the listing paper over and put five names on it and look them right in the eye and go great who are the first five people that you know that i need to tell about your home being for sale. 
And I love that. I loved that tactic. I heard it as I was literally pulling up to the driveway, and that's what I did. So this was a very median sales price home. It was a very nice home in a very nice area, very sellable. Um, however, you know, it was not luxury by any means. It was, you know, three or four, you know, times under the price category uh, of luxury. And uh, so I just said, hey, who is it? And so I just went right through it, took the five names down with them. And I said, great. And, and I'll let them know. So um, what I did was I picked up the phone, called those folks and said, hey, you know, you don't know me, but your neighbor, you know, Bob up the street just called and said, I need to let you know that they're selling their home. And I just want to make you aware that uh, it's be for sale. And who is it that might that you might know that needs to buy or sell their house and live in your great neighborhood? So I'd take them a flyer, I'd meet them, and that was it. Now, in truth, I'll be truthful here, right? Uh, we'll just tell tell the truth like it is. It's a really good script. It's a really good way to make people. And you should stay really, really close in touch with them and earn their business whenever the next opportunity is. In this moment, truth room, so help me, I didn't do that. Um, I did meet them. I did stay in touch with them. I gave them a flyer and was like, cool, thanks. And like all every other real estate agent in the world, I got busy or I filled my calendar with other things instead of staying in touch. So about six months later, I get a phone call from one of those five. I did it for all five. Um, and I got a phone call one day and, um, uh, I was in a meeting, so I had my phone off and the message was, Hey, um, you know, this is Jay calling. And, um, you, I met you about six months ago when you were selling my neighbor's house. Listen, I found a house that I want to buy. It's a million two. And I need you to help sell our house too. So if you get a second, could, could you call me back? And I was like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> Hi, you know, and, and, and to be really true, Jeremy, I was such that I pulled the antenna out on the top of my phone. Oh, yeah. I had the extendable antenna and was like, hey, how you doing? And um, anyway, so that was the very first deal. Um, true story. All do you, five. Do you, Go ahead. Hey, Alex, do you find that, you know, I think that's the, that's the struggle for a lot of agents is, you know, is the, the follow up, right? So, I mean, we had to build strategies. We had to build systems in place to do this stuff. Or, or those people like that guy that just called you, it would have fell through the crack, right? Yes. yes. And it happens still today. I mean, just this week, uh, following up with somebody about an introduction turned into a you know three and a half million dollar listing lead um, just by calling them and helping them with something else in their life completely unreal estate related. And I went back and said, hey, I still need your help, by the way. Please keep me in mind. The, See what, let's, let's talk about the golden nugget here, man. You just you shared a piece of information that if agents would just do this alone, okay, then it would change the game for them. Okay. And I guarantee most agents don't do what you did. You know, they do not. Let's say, for example, you do get a listing, right? And and they they don't I always think of a t I call it 10, 10, 10. So the 10 houses is across the road, a 10 houses is around them, and yes. then 10 houses is down the road. And so there's like 30 homes there within that one home that you would need to reach out to because they're honestly, they're they're snoopy, right? Neighbors are snoopy as heck. I don't care if you're in the million dollar price range or if you're in the $450,000 price range. They're snoopy and they want to know what's happening with the homes next door to them. Sure. And why in the heck would you not be the first person to go to their house and go, hey, by the way, I'm listening to home right down the road here. If you want to know when things happen on that home, because that home affects your price of your home, let me know. If they just do that alone, man, it changes the game for them. For sure. Uh, different story, but supporting that. 
Um, we had the opportunity to represent and sell one a never on the market before penthouse and one of our vertical living properties. It was a completely custom property. Nashville, uh, if you're not familiar with the market, does have about 20 different vertical living uh, options, and it's really a growing market for us. There's a couple different segments. We had the privilege of selling one for the first time on market. It had been purchased completely from the blueprints, from the developer's best friend. We had the opportunity to sell this property. It's very big. It's a three-bedroom, had 280-degree views. And I called some of my friends from around the country, you know, with a lot of vertical living. And they said, oh, you should absolutely do a building-only open house before it goes to market. Love it. And I did. And here's the crazy thing, right? Um, so I was there. We had a plan. We did a broker open simultaneous to a um, neighbor open. We had the uh, Neighborhood Association Building uh, Association meeting was hosted in it because they all wanted to see it, right? It had been privately yep. owned for a decade. They'd heard about it. handful of them had been up there. Uh, so everyone, it was a draw. It was a really cool thing. So anyways, uh, we're telling stories. So I was in there, uh, in order to get to the penthouse floor, you had to have a special, special key fob to get to it. So I had, um, some of my staff with me running the key fobs, running the elevators and meeting people and signing them in and whatnot. Anyway, I was up there having a quiet moment, was excited, a little nervous as you, as we always yeah. are, as opens, get ready to go. And, uh, someone knocks on the door. It's about seven minutes early. And I was like, uh, hmm. here. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure others have had people knock on open house doors, but not in a penthouse on a door that's elevator controlled that has, you know, concierge and a lot of security. I was like, that's really unique. And so anyway, I go open the door and I said, Hey, how you doing? And it's a guy, you know, all sweaty and he's got his head, but you know, his earbuds in and he's like, Hey, is, 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 is the house open? And I was like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> and I was like, sure it is. Like, come on in. And 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 the whole time I'm like, how did this guy get here? <laughs> and then it dawned on me uh, that he was renting one of the units on the floor, on the penthouse. He was coming in from working out. Oh my gosh. Knew it was there and was renting one of the penthouse floors and was a super high quality lead um, and has become a great client and a great Love friend. And we have enormous things in common. So anyway, that's a long story. And yet, just to prove the point, right? Doing that neighbor-only broker open caused us to meet more and more people. Um, Man, I, I do when I do one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. When I find out that agents do not do that small little thing, and yeah, it may seem small, but it's, it's so important because who in the heck would not want to meet thirty new people, forty new people because you got one listing, right? And and people want access to this stuff, and so you have the you're the gatekeeper to this thing. Sure. And so why in the heck would you not kind of control the gate as much as possible That's right. and get to know the people? That's so, right. you know, relationships, how you built your business, man. Yes. And so share a little bit about, you know, how can agents increase their relationship without killing themselves on amount of time spent doing so? Yeah, I, I've got another fun story to tell, tell there. But the advice is first, grow luxury from the people you already know, like, and trust. Everyone thinks I want to get into it or I want to break into luxury. That's a big you know, term that's out there. And the reality is luxury comes from the database and the people that you already know, like, and trust. And so starting where you know with that and who they know and connecting with them is a really key thing. You know, We're in Nashville, and so there's a lot of entertainment, sports, public figures, um, a lot of entertainers, and and, um, you know, 
celebrities in Nashville. True story, I was teaching a class one time um, for a group and uh, a young lady walked in and, and was like, oh my gosh, I love you know this particular artist. He named the artist. And he was like, I just can't wait to work with him. I'm going to get my hooks in him and it's going to be great. I just can't wait you know, to be his realtor. And what was really funny was, first of all, that's not the right approach. To be clear, we're not teaching that. However, what was even more interesting was in the room, I knew but she didn't know was someone who worked directly for that artist and the way she was talking, the language that she was using uh, and the approach that she was taking was she thought arm's length and distance when in reality, right there in the room was someone one degree away that could have absolutely made the introduction and was in there to learn about real estate, but not to be their realtor. And the person that knew it immediately kind of eyes got real big as they do. And I, I just kind of calmed them and I was like, you're going to be fine. And when I told her later, that young lady has done an outstanding job building her practice and does have a luxury and sports and entertainment practice, which she really had a tough lesson to learn that she just missed that opportunity. So two things, two takeaways, how to build your path to luxury comes from two things. The people that you know, like, and trust and asking them, making outbound calls of who is it that you know? I want to grow my business. I want to go into luxury. I grew mine and was very intentional over a 30 month, 30 month period that we tripled our average sales price and did a million dollar wow. transaction every single month. That was our path to luxury. You've got to learn the language of luxury, right? You can yeah. do that by reading, right? And getting different books and resources, watching amazing podcasts like this and hearing the language that we use and that the clients use, because that's one of the things people most often underestimate is they want to get into luxury, but they're not willing to do the work to get to luxury. The second thing is do the work to earn the opportunity to be the person when luxury has, you know, that need and, and asking people that, you know, like, and trust to refer you and to connect you um, is a really key piece, not only to those individuals. And you can ask some really key specific qualifying questions. You don't say who, who is it that you know, that's got the most money. I mean, you might, um, but people tend to get a little touchy about dollars. You can get into things like, who is it that, you know, that has a really great watch collection. Who is Good. it that you know that, you know, that flies private? Who is it that you know that has an exotic car? Who is it that, you know, whatever it might be um, in your area, it could be any number of things and luxury changes all over this country and the world for that matter. When staying in your strength zone of who you already know, like, and trust, you're going to be the most successful in that. Um, don't fake it, right? If you're not a horse person and don't know anything about horses, <laughs> don't do that. I'm not a horse person. I'm an imposing five, six. Most horses can step on me and I need a ladder and a trampoline to get on top of one. So I just like, dude, I'm not a horse guy, you know? So I know that about us. I have great horse people and equestrian specialists that we can put people in touch with. Um, but yeah, that's it's unbelievable. So you basically really, you're just building off the connections you already have. Yes. And we all know people that know people, right? That's yes. just how it is. And so hey, I got a quick question came in from the podcast. It was, uh, right. you know, she's curious, you know, we, you know, I teach classes, you teach workshops as well. Sure. Uh, and do you see a lot of business coming from teaching those extra workshops? Or is it more just a, a referral as in, hey, this guy is doing this kind of stuff? What do you, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it absolutely can. You Again, just like your natural database, your, your traditional database, it's how much you put into it. Uh, just today, we got a referral from someone that I met at an event almost three years ago. 
And yeah. we know each other. We've been very intentional about keeping our relationship, um, you know, and it's just very intentional and strategic of us staying connected. And there's lots of different ways we can do that. Um, I think there's a lot of very impersonal ways. And then there's lots of ways that we can be personal and still make it uh, for us in particular. We reach out to at least five people a day from major migration markets wow. um, to Nashville to stay in touch. So, so you really just, I mean, I, what I've seen, I'm, we got tons of referrals from just doing workshops on workshops or workshops is showing your expertise, right? It's right. showing that you know what the heck you're talking about. And so agents are looking for people for to refer to people that are, you know, in that knowledge, in that spirit. I mean, you are uh, great at social media, man. You're killing it. And, you know, I think social media is one of those things where, you know, it's not just for getting clients. It's for getting referrals from other agents because they get to know you. And so I think that's a big key to this. What do you think, man? No question. No question about it. One, Our second biggest lead source in our practice is our agent network. So we'd love to stay connected. We're very much into and wanting to actually be in relationship with people, know them and be the match. Not just the first person that shows up that responds on those Facebook groups as quickly as you possibly can. The speed isn't necessarily the reason and the connector. It is about the relationship. And when we have a real relationship, we know, you know those professional standards. Really interesting story. We've got a great client that's in town now called the office and said, hey, I need someone that's a former CEO, CFO type, you know, individual. And they referred it to me. And the referring wow. agent immediately was like, cool, so you were a CFO? And I said, no. And I'm not sure that there's a lot of CFO turned realtors out there. However, I deal with a lot of C-suite people and I can meet your expectations. What is it about your client? And he went way into it and very detailed. And both of his people were high level uh, C-suite professionals. And he was very concerned. But a wow. quick 10 minute conversation, he knew that we could manage and we were a match for them as opposed to just being a get my hooks in them, you know, kind of real, yeah. right? He didn't want to get that. And so um, doing well, that- I think, the, I think the key what you share with too is the fact that you're, you're listening. So right. not only do you, do you, you know, hear what they're saying, but you're you're not just hearing, you're listening and and waiting to respond. That's right. And, and I think agents, sometimes we try to sell, oversell, even luxury agents. You know, we try to oversell who we are and what we do yes. instead of listening to what the client wants. And when we hear what the client wants, then we can respond. That's right. Tell you what, man, it's it's great, you know, and and you know, I think you know, teaching workshops and, and doing what we do is is just amazing, and, and it really kind of opens the door for for tons of opportunities. And so, I mean, I'm I'm thinking outside of our network only. I mean, so you know, for example, you're you're part of Keller Williams, um, you know, I'm huge in the Remax area, and so I, who cares what what company you're with, right? Not to be mean or ugly, but who cares? Right. We can you can grow your own presence by building your knowledge talking to other people and your business will just grow exponentially right? Uh, just because of that alone. Um, yeah, especially in the luxury level, right? You know, I yeah. have luxury agents and a lot of luxury is done through boutiques and also through individuals that have a really close relationship um, with folks. You know, I have a partner that's in our practice right now that has gotten three very high profile um, music industry celebrities from ha having her hair done in the same place. Love it. And they've seen each other. And it's not just country music in Nashville. We have all kinds of music. Yeah. And name brand people that people would recognize that the hair, you know, the, the, the salon made the connection uh, and that was their common thread. So luxury loves to refer luxury. And I'm a big fan of that and staying connected to people. That's the truth. 
So let's go ahead and transition a little bit. This I've got sure. a question for another podcaster. It's going to help us with the transition. And it. he says, as a newer agent who comes from mostly blue collar background in my sphere of influence, what are some suggestions to break into the luxury market? You know, and so look, and let me let me preference this that you know, lots of our agents, you know, luxury is different in all markets. Yeah, that's like, right. For example, you know, I grew up in eastern Kentucky where you know a luxury home is five hundred thousand dollars. Right. And you know, some markets our luxury home starts at two point five million. Sure. And so we have to keep in mind that luxury is not just the, you know, three, four, five million. Luxury is what's in your market. Sure. And so I think that's a big key here. So let's let's kind of talk about it, man. What's some of the things you think of when you think about what, what he was trying to direct there? Yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't think uh, luxury is all luxury is local. Right. Luxury that. is local and it matters who you're connected with. Right. A lot of people are like, oh, we don't have a lot of luxury here. Well, you don't have luxury that they don't have in Miami or New York yep. or L.A. That's one thing. It's totally different. You absolutely have luxury in your market. The, the language that I like to use is that it's either the top 10 percent of homes that are for sale that are active or three times the market average tends to be what we consider luxury. That's the language that we like to, to put out there. And look, you know, to, to Jeremy's point, right? Like going through and talking to him like, hey, uh, it is what it is where you are. And what you have is what you have. I'll, I'll give you a great thing. Again, Nashville being sports and entertainment and connected, um, there's a lot of music industry folks that like to work with people that were formerly in the business. Right. There's several sure. agents that do a lot of business because they've been in the studio with the artist and they've been in the studio and they've been in the band and they were in the, you know, in the mixing room and they were there when things were getting recorded. And so um, those connections are really, really powerful. Uh, so just go with what you got. Right. Don't I change. Don't change it. Right. Ch don't change. As you heard me share, my luxury was organic. It came from who we knew, liked and trust. And then you get that connection and then off you go. Um, you know, he I said know. that, you know, he's commenting again and said, you know, his area is like, so if you three times what his area is like 1.8 million. And so, you know, where's that's a great segment to be in too. So what is, I mean, some of the tools that I use just off the top of bat is I'm a big LinkedIn guy. I believe yeah. that, you know, LinkedIn is a great network to start networking with the luxury owners, the luxury industry. Um, you know, Facebook, obviously I'm a huge social media guy. I believe that Facebook sure. is a huge opportunity. Um, Instagram's a huge opportunity. You know, what's some of the things you do outside of just the, the calls and the flyers and, and stuff like that to kind of, kind of break into those, those segments. So you use the, the, the 10, 10, 10 on the open houses. We use a five, five, five that's in our okay. world. And when we go to list very similar, but we do it on the social side to grow, right. your, grow your world. So we do that. Who are the first five that you you know that we need to tell about your property. Who who does the seller know that needs to know? Great. Who are your first five professionals in their world that we need to know? Their financial planner, their attorney, cool. their estate attorney, their uh, banker, their whatever else, the five other people. Um, and then we ask for the five people that are the most influential in their world. That wow. could be a pastor. That could be a um, council person. It could be um, any number of other things. It could and you're be using someone. this data to to help sell their home, right? That's, that's the yeah. concept of this, right? So you're not just, hey, give me all your crap. You're actually using this to help them. And you're telling them, hey, I want to help you. Yeah. And we're discreet, right? We ask them for their preference. Would you like to be, you know, how anonymous do you want this to be? How much yep. privacy do you want? And if they want privacy, certainly. True. But generally, my experience is they're willing to do whatever they Heck can yeah. to, to help reach their goals. 
And so when you're making those calls, you're making those calls in and you're going, hey, you don't know me, but you know my client. And then you walk into that conversation at that level. Right. So if you get that one one point eight million dollar listing and you call their banker and you're like, hey, how you doing? I just want to introduce myself. You don't know. And I love to do that. Right. Well, none of us like calls from people we don't know or numbers we don't recognize. So I just own that right out of the gate. Hi, how you doing? You don't know me. That's great. I love it. I'm calling because you do know, you know, my friends and my clients. And they wanted me to let you know that they just listed their house and see who are two people, you know, that might be interested in selling, buying or selling their house. And what's interesting about that ask is you're continuing to grow your database. If you do the 555, you're going to end up with 15. After that, you're asking for two more names on each one of those. And all of a sudden, the trickle down here and the cumulative goal is you've added 40 people to your database. And at the luxury level, that's when this gets exponential. And it's very, by the way, like I'm not, we're not selling a system. You and I aren't getting any money off it, brother. (laughs) That's not a thing. It's a piece of paper and a pen and drive and willingness to get out there and do it and say, hey, look, here's what's the story. Who do you know that I need to know that might know someone? And then all of a sudden you start to get some momentum and go, listen, I want to follow up. And how can we, have you thought of anyone else? Be consistent in that follow-up, cement that relationship over time is really a key, powerful point. Um, not it. just do it and then go away. It's our job to stay in touch. I'd say so, what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a squirrel moment here on you. Um, you know, so I've been really doing tons of research recently about uh, expired listings and sure. you know, the market's like flying off the shelf right now in those certain segments. But I am finding, and this is just me going a couple, I've searched at least six larger cities recently and some of the smaller cities as well, is there's expires that are available right now pretty largely in, in pretty much every segment I'm searching. And so it's one of those deals where, if, look, if you're looking to break into that $500,000 price range, $700,000 price range, $800,000 price range, a million price range, whatever it is, there's expires available for you. And sure. what I'm seeing is they're not taking getting taken care of on their initial sale, the initial listing. That's why it expired. There's not Matterports done. There's not 3D tours done. The professional photography is not really professional. And I'm like, it's, it's going to be one of those easy sales to reach out to them and say, hey, this is what we do. I think we could do better. Right now, I feel like it's oh. one of those segments that's open the doors. I mean, it, I've got agents there. It's like, hey, I need listings. Great. Go after them. You know, we've had multiple high-end luxury sales happen in in the past 12 months that were openly, clearly out there in MLS and readily available. We just did uh, a closing here locally that had been on the market for six months. And my approach to the agent was, I was like, hi, how you doing? What's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) How can I work the problem? Like something's wrong. And she laughed. And, you know, so we started a great relationship. She's like, yeah, I could have sold this like X number of times, but I have this problem. Yep. I'm like, well, gosh, I can help with that. I was like, that's it. Let's do it. (laughs) And and I'm like, well, oh, and she's like, really? And I said, yeah, we can fix that. And she's like, oh, well, great. And all of a sudden it. it turned into that and it's turning into multiple pieces of business. I'll say again, in this market, if you're only working in MLS, you're only in about 20% of the market. So Um, good. That's out there. The rest is, you know, there's another 80% that's out there. So um, I'm telling people that agents, clients should know that. I told a client yesterday, he was shocked to hear that, that only 20% of the market is coming through MLS. And yet there's just opportunity. You've got to go into it, be willing to work through it. 
and figure it out. There are. Yeah, I heard, I heard somebody recently say, man, we don't have an inventory problems. We're having a sign in yard problems, meaning right. people are wanting, they, they're willing to sell. We're just not approaching them. Right. As agents, we're not giving them the opportunity to list. Well, you know, uh, what we're often hearing and I hear from some of my network is, well, I, I would sell, but where would I go? Yeah. And we need to change and attune our, our ears to that's a lead, right? So I'd sell, but I don't know where I would go. Well, gosh, where would you go? What, let's dream a little. Oh, let's, well, let's talk not about it. Well, let's talk about it. That's what we do. And all of us go, oh, really? You're, you're not ready to sell? Okay. Okay. Thanks. Instead of, well, wait a minute. Like we need to elevate that in a big way and go, hold on. Where would you go? What, what would you do? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're on the hunt and go, well, is it all right if I look for that? And then we go find it. And, you know, have you gotten your money together? Like, you know, you start to get that conversation going. And you've got to, you know, go through that and get a little more um, clarity as to as to how serious they truly are. But we're a lot of people are passing over those opportunities because yeah. they're happening. Um, so just anyway. bring the hustle, my friend. Right. That's yeah. the, it's the key to this. And, right. and I think that, you know, we don't downplay that at all. But truly, you know, sweat equity is, is so worth it in the real estate game. Sure. Um, you know, sometimes we, especially when the market's crazy, we get lazy as real estate agents. Sure. And that's just, that's in luxury and in, in all forms of real estate. And so sometimes we have to take advantage of that laziness on other realtors. Um, it's just how it is. Yes. And so I think that, you know, up in our game and just taking things to the next level is just where it's all about. So Alex, you know, you and your team are rock stars down in Nashville and, um, you know, the you, we can learn a lot just by following you guys on social media. So sure. I want to take a second. And if you would share where we can find you out on social media, man. Yeah, thank you. I like that. That's great. So we're uh, really heavily involved on Instagram. And it's my name. We changed it to, for, for strategic reasons, but it's Alexander underscore Brandaw, which is Love difficult it. to spell, but Alexander Brandaw um, on Insta. Then our YouTube is Nashville Notes. Um, playing on the words, right? Music City, and the notes, national notes. Um, we're doing two to three videos a week from there. As far as not only cool. our national luxury update, we're doing a national luxury home update there. Also, we share uh, a lot in that space around some of our agent network uh, tools that we've been using and, and things that have been successful in our practice to our agent friends Love it. all over the world. And uh, so those are our two. I also am pretty active on LinkedIn, as you are. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really professional space to be in. And um, that's I, I think it's a lost art, man. I think it's one of those lost tools that agents don't recognize, especially if you're trying to break in the luxury market. It's a tool that just it, it's at your fingertips. Yeah. Like you can just utilize it like you do Facebook. It's just a little different. Right. And That's so right. and I and I think those are huge. So, guys, reach out to Alex on this, guys. Uh, be sure to jump in and follow his stuff. Uh, he's got some great tips and tricks on YouTube, that kind of stuff as well. Um, I'm going to definitely bring him back on for a couple other segments, Gators, guys, later on through the year. Um, but uh, Alex, man, I, I really appreciate you, man, jumping in and chatting with us about luxury. And uh, I'll be hitting you up uh, for some more content later on, my friend. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks. And we'd love to connect with anybody. Please do reach out because we really do want to be in a relationship. That's how we got connected and we're here today. So it's right. my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. All right, guys, take care. Uh, it has uh, been awesome having you guys listen to this podcast. If you have any questions for me or Alex, feel free to reach out at any point in time. Um, and uh, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. It's how we grow our audience. It's how we and share it with your friends and family, guys. That's That's how it works, right? Same thing as real estate, same thing podcast. 
All right, guys, take care and have a great rest of your day and go sell some freaking homes.